As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hey guys, we'll get to the show in a minute. Just wanted to give you a heads up on Red Men Plus, our subscription service. It's like Netflix for Reds. If you sign up there, you'll get even more Liverpool content, bonus features, documentaries, interviews, and tons, tons more available both in video and podcast form. So yeah, redmenplus.com, check it out. I hope you enjoy this show. Hello everyone, it is the Red Men Podcast. I am Paul Machen, Steve Hall and Chris Pajak join me in body, in partial mind and very minimally in spirit um it's been a been a trying week for a variety of reasons uh we'll go into a lot of that on, on podcast extra over on plus after this podcast uh, when we can say things that we're not allowed to say uh, in the public versions of the redman podcast and stuff so make sure you're involved with all that um we've got a kickoff question we're going to be talking about the fact that liverpool scored nine goals against bournemouth um and i've raged that we didn't score 10 because you've got to be angry about something, haven't you, at all times? Um, well, we, like, we should have scored 14. We should have scored 14. Yeah, God, pricks. What are they doing? Who do they think they are? Who do they think Useless. they are? Um, we're going to talk about the remainder of the transfer window, and maybe a bit on Newcastle and the, the schedule between now and the World Cup, if we've got time for all of that. But yeah, plenty to get through. Is what I'm driving at here on this Wednesday, Tuesday, Tuesday afternoon. Is it Tuesday afternoon? It's, Tuesday. it's been a long week already in my head. Um, Tuesday afternoon. Uh, so yes, right. Uh, kickoff question comes from Dom well, Hammond. Well come and watch on YouTube if you're on Twitter as well. By the way, told you, told you to forget. 100% if you're on Twitter yeah go <laughs> on forward slash the, Rev, the Redman TV and check us out um, what are these, what's the most iconic Liverpool shirt number good question Don. Chris immediately and quite dismissively gave me an answer to this so I'm going to ask you Steve seven is the one that sprung to mind just because of Kenny um, and Kenny alone pretty much just because of the ugly swing I mean yeah, probably seven. yeah, seven for Kenny because I, it's with other clubs like nine is like the the be all and end all like Liverpool and 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 that is that is they're the two answers aren't they? That's, that's spring. Most clubs will say seven and nine. Uh-huh. I think if you ask United fans, well, eight. I don't think anyone really is eight that iconic. In, in, I mean, the greatest footballer to ever play for Liverpool. Yeah, but that, yeah, but that, again, but who else has? 
Nabby Keita steak god. And then we'll ask him for it. <laughs> <laughs> or even Leonardson steak yeah, god, damn yeah. it. So <laughs> I, I, or even, man, don't forget him. I think it's seven. Like, I think just mainly for the Kenniness of it. Yeah. Suarez for a bit. And I think Milner, like, again, people just laugh at James Milner, but like, James Milner's won everything wearing that shirt. So. I, th- I still think it's probably seven, just because those famous pictures of Kenny facing the wrong way, you know, yeah, head over his shoulder. The only photo of Kenny, yeah, Douglas, seemingly. Yeah, yeah, that one. <laughs> I think it's probably seven with a, an honourable shout out to the, to Bobby Firmino. Yeah, I, um, what? Nine. Okay, sad. You know what? It's mad that I don't even think of Bobby as being a nine. I know it's literally a song. song. <laughs> 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 um, I don't think of him as being a, a, being eleven particularly either. No, I, uh, yeah, I know you agree on. The seven thing, right? There's no other answer. It, like it's, and I think it's. I mean, there's like any. There's no, like, no, no, not for, not for me, and I don't think pe- for people our age either. To be honest with you, because Kenny was everything when we were kids, and that's kind of what it was. So maybe if you ask the younger person who didn't grow up with Kenny wearing the number seven, then they'd say something different. See, I mean, and what you're saying is right. I think if someone was five years older than us. Because I never really watched Kenny play footy. I probably watched him maybe once in the flesh, you know, as a, as a, as a footballer. I think there's a lot of people who would answer eight because of Gerard, because he was. Well, that's exactly the what one, I'm saying, one, isn't it? Guy, it depends yeah. when you grow up yeah. and who, who's there. And we grew up in the Kenny Dalglish era. Whether you watched him or you heard your dad talk about him, yeah. it doesn't matter. It's it's about him being the number seven, Liverpool's number seven, and obviously was Keegan the number seven before him, and Absolutely. obviously he was European Footballer of the Year and and all that type of stuff. So that's that seven went from Keegan to Dalglish, and then we grew up, and so obviously for us it was probably going to be seven, and he is the best player that's ever played for Liverpool Football Club Kenny Dalglish um, you hear people who've seen both and they, they it's not even a question to them it's Kenny Dalglish yeah 23's in the mix just for Fowler and Carragher um, yeah. that as well. uh, for a, and Emery that, Chan obviously um, yeah, shout okay. out to Lewis Diaz and Sheridan Shkiri and the lad, <laughs> Hotel Anfield I love it but that was Lewis Diaz because that, that's their fingers at their number 23 and uh, yeah, they got all the shirts but I think, the, again, of, of my era, the 23 from Fowler to Carragher it w- was a big one, really. But, yeah, yeah you can't look... Pa- I think the, the the big seven flag on the cop as well. Like, we haven't really... Have we got any other flags with, num- like, a big number? I just don't think there's any in there. There's, there's the- obviously, the Barnes is heaviest, uh, heavily with the tennis. I think that I feel like... I can't remember. It's the Barnes, Barnes thing or a Barnes T-shirt I designed ages ago. I always get them mixed up. Um, but, yeah, like, the Barnes in the 10 is very much there as well. And again, that, we were talking about this being an era thing. I think, again, if you're a few years older than us, 10 might ten might be your answer because of just how good John Barnes was. I think I, I agree. Look, 7 is the... Do you have a 10 now? The, uh, no. Sadio? Was. Yeah, Sadio, Sadio left it. I wonder, if, I wonder if Mocha made 11, just like this thing... Mm. I mean, there might be kids well, there's not the, 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 well, Eleven hasn't been a number that's been, as well. Well, yeah, well, that, that's that's a really interesting point, and I, I genuinely, I've said this before. You know, I loathe the fact that he's sixty-six, and I blame the Anfield rap for this as well. By the way, like, you really, <laughs> genuinely, what like, I said this, I said, I literally, they told because they told us when we were in Boston, they were doing this, and I, what the fuck are they doing? Don't give him a fucking mural with that number on the back because he's going to be stuck with it forever <laughs> off the back of it. I would pay to have that painted over myself. If he wants to move to a better number than sixty six, genuinely, it does my absolutely. Does All my the socials are like sixty six. He's he's branded. He's just I know, but he's, he's like Cara twenty. Out, yeah. He's like Cara twenty three. He's yeah. just the, he's yeah, it's ten sixty. But I got the general impression that Jamie Carragher didn't care enough to to want another number. Whereas I don't know sixty six. Like if would 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 Trent turn down another one of the 
one to eleven numbers a big one. If if he eight. got offered to him, like if he got offered the eight, would he would he turn that down to keep sixty six? Probably, I think because that fucking mural he would. <laughs> <laughs> I think by now, yeah. By the way, very very quick shout out for one, just as a an outside shout. We've had some iconic goalkeepers. There was a stage where the best one, where our goalie wasn't wearing one for a while. Like remember, like sat yeah. for some reason. But now, uh, Pepe, now, um, just didn't wear one either. Did he? But now Allison's took it. So, like the. Clemens to Brucey to and now to Allison one's an icon of one as well. I think that the obviously because numbers didn't really matter prior to the Premier League so you'd have lads would wear you'd say such and such was it Liam Rush was the number nine but there's games where he didn't wear the number nine for Liverpool particularly after he came back you know like famous of the FA Cup 89 I think he comes off the bench doesn't he and he's, he's wearing a different number than that I can't remember what is it 12 or something Um but yeah, look, I, I think the I think the nine is a close second to seven because in terms of the how beloved they are to Liverpool, eight is Gerrard. You know, it's iconic to Steven Gerrard. Ten is pretty much iconic to John Barnes, and obviously other people have worn it, of course. Shout out Sadio Mane and shout out Sadio Mane definitely. And in ten years time, fifteen twenty years time, he'll be held up in the same way that people talk about John Barnes. But that number nine means it tran- it actually transcends, and that's maybe that way. A slight difference to this is seven will forever be Kenny and Robbie Keane, (laughs) (laughs) but nine is like always a great number nine nine at Liverpool. Nine is like the Olympic torch before the ceremony, it's literally handed over and someone else great takes it. Whereas seven, there's been a gap here and there of actually you know someone being fit to lace that. Harry Kuehl, Nigel Clough, Vladimir Smitsa, yeah. Nine, those been tainted a little bit as well. Andy Carroll, Ben Teche, Ben Teche, Juf, Aspas, Lambert. Mm. Can't put over here. Um, but when you consider it's like, no, no I'm not disparaging. Oh no, yeah, 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 but like Rush to Fowler, very briefly in Elke. Uh, Fernando Torres, Fernando Torres <laughs> being a big one, and, and now obviously Bobby being another another big one to have it. That's uh, to be fair, seven, right? I'll be honest. It's just it is literally just kind of ugly because I'm looking at these names. Louis Suarez, obviously. Go on, what, Joe? There's a poll in the chat. He's Go a big on. fan of these polls, isn't Joe? Joe? Loves uh, I'd love to be able to show you what the poll looks like, actually. Here we go. Most iconic number poll started by Joe a whole five minutes ago. We've had 122 votes on this. Seven is winning with 52%. Eight is second with 24%. Number nine has 13%. And 66 has 11%. There you go. Um, it's definitive, if nothing else. Yeah, definitive. Yeah, we won. <laughs> it's like when you see those adverts, like, we, we've, just, we've worked out scientists to prove this, and it's got a... Six people of nine. Yeah, three, I saw three hundred people were polled, and I was like, I don't think that's enough to be able to say unequivocally <laughs> that your toothpaste is doing the business. Like, let's be perfect. Come back to the end of the show. Maybe. Um, you can't remember that we're on Twitter. You've got no chance of remembering that. That's happening. Um, <coughs> uh, Ashley Frith is live in the comments. Uh, says eight for Gerard has to be. He's my idol for my whole childhood. Uh, Face health horse has got to be seven. Uh, and John Sass points out Damien Placebo's number 28. Not to forget Stephen Warnock, Danny Ings, and now Fabio Carvalho. Um, Christian Paulson, though, as well. Yeah. Good shout out. Good, good Google on this. He's I've got the list. numbers in front of him. Well, Stephen, yeah, Stephen Jarvis, twenty-eight. Yeah, he was. There you go. Yeah. Let's just move on, eh? And what Just a lot of numbers. What other number? Seventeen. Oh mate, I had, I had Gerard seventeen on one of my early that shirts. Seventeen's got a little, a little bit like it's an underrated under twenty-three of like, uh, it's got a bit, a, a sneaky bit of history to it because obviously McManaman, Gerard, Ragnar Clavin. Yeah, it's Kate Jones. That now is that right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, Rag McLavin as well. Of course, big Raggy. Love him. Gotta love him. Handsome. Why wouldn't you? Destroyer Handsome. of Burnley. Um, and women. What? <laughs> well, okay. In the in a, in like the positive sense. Love making love. Okay, sad. Yeah. Okay, because like, it wasn't a murder. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. might have been. Let's move on. Wow. You know, you those things that come out of your mouth and you remember they're like. It's, it's, it's not just three of us it's in a room chatting. It's normally me. This is interesting. I've never no, been on this side of the fence before. It was it was very much. I look like Ragnar Clavin. Ragnar got all the girls. It was. T- it was wow. It was, okay, it, that was it, a stretch. That wasn't more. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're more like more accurate implying that he was a sex pest. To be perfectly <laughs> honest, like you know what I mean. Sorry, Ragnar. No, we know you're great. Um, My head looks so shiny. It always does. I know it's a nice little film of sweat on there, like. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Yeah, get involved. Ragamuffins live. We've also got a sessions with them uh, in the studio and Mark Kenny as well. And me and Chris are going on tour with them in a few short weeks. We're going to LA. Practicing me singing. What? Been practicing me singing. How have you done that? I'm doing backing vocals. Oh, right, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Backing flattles. We <laughs> <laughs> just bring a keyboard and just put one, put my finger <laughs> on one, <laughs> on one note. <laughs> it's what I do. They've replaced the H with me, if that's a thing. I don't know anything about music. If you're on the West Coast, um, <laughs> head to Cop Connect. Uh, tickets are available now for LA and for Vegas as well. We're going to be over there. They're also going to be on the East Coast, but we're not there for that bit. They're doing New York and Boston. How are you letting you lose in Vegas? You don't even gamble. You do. You don't. No. 
I'm gonna basically Vegas push, is wasting on you. I'm gonna push Chris into some sort of dicey situations for for a few days. Vegas later. is wasting on you. Me and Charlie are just gonna wind them up and let him let him go. Can't wait. Cannot wait. Yeah, we had a boss time. Twenty on red. Have you Seven. have you got in touch with uh, D'Lo Brown? No, but I intend to. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, you better recognise. Um, <laughs> um, and the Godfather. Um, I, 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 yeah, why not? Let's, let's hope Let's he still lives there. That'd be amazing. Um, yeah, go to copconnect.com if you want to get involved. The right time, stand the footy chat. Liverpool, nine. Bournemouth, nil. Uh, obviously, we've got the final word show, which was done, which is over on Redmen Plus. Right now, we there's obviously the whole raft of post-match content. There was the underground podcast that Chris started up this weekend, uh, which is going to be a regular thing post-match in the immediate aftermath inside the stands, getting hot takes on the footy. Um, but I, I haven't really had a chance to talk about it since then with anyone. I've been stuck with me kids uh, for a few days <laughs> they're great they're really good but I'm really tired and I want to talk about Liverpool now and Bournemouth nil so let's do it I want to talk about Joe Gomez Chris um, I just thought he was brilliant. dead sharp like, he, was he, was, he was really good Consider- like, I remember saying to someone after the game maybe during the game as well to James is like for a, for a team that we've absolutely battered 9-0 the centre half stood out to me and it was Joe Gomez who stood out he just yeah. it, everything was clean and crisp and he just dealt with things and it, it very much, I've been really critical of Joe Gomez over the last sort of eighteen months or something. You know, I don't think his his pace has quite been there that he's had and and stuff like that. But it looked it looked early doors in that game and throughout that entire game that that injuries behind him it looked like he was playing with confidence. Like he 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 felt like he belonged next to Virgil Van Dijk at the heart of our defence because he was just brilliant in so many sorts of phases of the play and it was just the way it was just like so. I'm just going to deal with this and we're just going to move on and forget about it and that like normally you do forget about it but it stood out even then I, I yeah no really really good performance I've by him forgotten how good his partnership was, was with Virgil van Dijk because of course it's been usurped by Joel Matter because we just had a full year of Joel Matter which is absolutely unheard of or certainly was up until last season and he's been brilliant and everyone adores Matter he's got a proper he's got all the cult vibes going for him as well and his mad runs and his mad adventures t-shirt available on Redmenmerch.com mm. um, <laughs> um, so he's great I, I, lo- I love Joel but I I've always held on going back to the title winning season that our best centre back pairing was Van Dijk and Gomez. You know, we we went from being a a good team to an impregnable team when they got that that partnership up and running again. Um, it's just been so unlucky. But you, our main criticism of this squad, Steve, we don't have enough lads who are in the prime of their careers. 20, 23, 24, 25, 26. There's a lot of lads who are in the, in the around 30, and there's a lot of lads who are teenagers. Joe Gomez, and I, I was shocked by this, he's 25 and he's just 25. Canate is coming up, and if because if he doesn't get it right, fine, Canate will be fine. But I, I really want Joe Gomez to be a success at Liverpool. He's got, he's got a potentially incredible career ahead of him still. Yeah, he has, but... Um, fucking hell steak Jesus Christ no he has but Joel Matter is better than him at the moment in time so he, he, it, his job is to prove he's literally not why not because it's Joel Matter where he's, he's like what did he walk back into training yesterday two days ago well, okay, well, okay. He's, in, he's in perfect form yeah. then that's what he does yeah. Yeah. he's yeah. in his sweet spot now yeah. Joel just, just, about, just about to turn up but I it, it, if your life depends on it you put, you put Matter in you just would so what Gomez needs to do and I, again I don't want to rehash too much because we spoke about this on the, on the build up earlier for Newcastle as well but like Go and nail that spot down if you want it. It's yours. I think he had a good game against Bournemouth. I think he'd done well before that. I think, like everybody, he'd been up and down, probably one of the better ones. But I don't think he's ever 
I don't think in this spell he's done enough where he just plays all the time. Now I think he's been good ish, but I still think on the derby on Saturday if Matip Smith he's going to play. That's a really that, interesting and that's, the, that's yeah. the thing. I just don't think he's. I like Joe Gomez and I think there's a lot going for him. I think he would. But, I, I, that that might be true, but I don't think it's necessarily true from in how you're saying it. There's a chance that Joe Gomez doesn't play the derby, but it won't be because he's not first choice. It's because we're playing two games every three. I think it's point, a bit of both, though. Two, a game every three point eight days between now and mid November. There's a chance that you're just protecting him. I don't. What I'm saying is, I don't think if Matip started Newcastle and having started the weekend and having come on the weekend, the week, the game before, I'm not sure Matip would necessarily start. Yeah. Two games, two games a week either. My issue is, is that Gomez is the opposite of what Chris just says. He looks like he needs to play three games to be boss in the fourth. Yeah. And I don't think it's a surprise that having now played a couple of times, his best performance is on the back of it. He looks like a lad who just needs to play and play and play. He isn't one you can drop in. And that role next to Virgil is going to be one where you just need to be able to drop in. Because whether it's Gomez, Matip or, or um, Canate when he's back fit, what Canate and Matip have shown an ability to do is rotate and, and their levels not drop. We've never really seen that from Gomez. To an extent, that right-back, he can do it where he just, he'll do a job for a day. But I, I think our centre-half, he always looks like a lad. You think, oh, we need minutes. But you don't really... You're not. But if he's had them now? Yeah, and, I, and that's what I'm saying. That, it's no surprise that that was his best game. And that's what Jürgen's got to decide now, is do I just leave him while the iron's hot and he's in form, and then eventually he'll get injured, and that's when I'll take him out? Or do I just go back to my tried and, test, my tried and tested? So what, what it shows to me, mate, is that... like. To what Liverpool squad depth and there's issues around places, centre half isn't one of them. Like if he's your fourth best option, you're you're sorted. You're sorted for a long time. Don't worry about it. We're sorted that left back. Um, similar where there's not that big a drop off between one and two. So interesting I, challenge though, isn't it? When because I looked at I've been looking at Joe Gomez for a couple of years, Chris. And again, we, I don't think his, his talent's ever really been in, in doubt. As we said, he's just been. He's been desperately unlucky with injuries. He's not the lad who, who misses, who picks up stupid little no. niggles and misses a couple of games here, a couple of there. He just gets big injuries um, and different ones at that. I mean, look, I was having a look at his stats from last season. At no point in the Premier League does he even make consecutive appearances. You know, it's off the bench. You know, like he gets no chance to get anywhere near up to speed because Joe Matip's there and Canate's coming up, coming up as well. This feels like I don't, I don't like to over dramatize things, although also I do. Um, He's not going to get many better opportunities. Canati's going to come back at some point, and if Matip's already back in training, that door's likely to shut on him at some point. In terms of being the I'm Virgil's nailed on first team partner, because you'd, you'd bank on Canati to make that to make that his own, given what we've seen more recently. It, I don't know. Is it, honest answer. Like if he keeps performing the way he did it at the weekend, he'll be first name on the team sheet until he's taken out of there. I don't, I don't think he's done anything wrong that, that he could lose the shirt right now. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Matip and Canate were that much better last season than what I've saw at the weekend from Joe Gomez either. Yeah. So there might just be more trust in the bank, recent trust for yeah. Canate or Joe Matip. My order would probably be. Matip, me number one. Canate, me number two. Joe Gomez, me number three right now. But he's proved in the title winning season, 
and the season before when we won the European Cup that it's about who's playing well right then. Yeah. And Joe Gomez is playing well right now. The, and they look really comfortable and they've improved, you know, from the first couple of games. Like we seem to sniff out the problem that we had yeah. with that ball through the middle. And Joe Gomez was able to deal with it. Um and that's that's not just the two centre halves either. It's the full backs, it's the midfield. Everything worked. Am I being are we jumping on the Joe Gomez bandwagon a little bit too much after a nine nil win? Probably. Mm. You know, they weren't really tested too much, but what he did, he did well. I think it's just it's how good he is on the ball. I like, you know, again, he's got the recovery pace. Look, he's probably two inches shorter than we'd ideally like him to be. You know, if he was if he was six foot three, six foot four as well as our other centre halves, then you, you, well, you, you basically already have a better version of Canate there, wouldn't you? You could see him being the air apparent of Virgil because I think he's got that that air about him, the air of confidence on it. It's how quickly he moves the ball, and you could see that again at the weekend. You know, he's not necessarily called into tons of defensive actions, but it's ha- and I think it really helped him that that split with Nat Phillips against Crystal Palace, where you got to see what happens when you just put a centre half in. A lad you can defend, and then you put a an elite centre half in along in replacement for him. It was night and day, wasn't it, yeah. for everybody yeah. to see. I the thing that's interesting for me about Gomez is, and it's going to be his issue if he stays if he stays fit. I don't even think it's about the right side of centre half thing. I think we're going to rotate more of Van Dijk this run as well because we're going to have to. As much as it was great that he got a good, strong run of games this time last year, coming back off the injury, we're not taking risks with Van Dijk this time around. And in all the cup games, I think Gomez will start left side of centre half in them as well. And there's a chance if we've got a a more favourable midweek or weekend game, whatever your big game is, Van Dijk definitely starts it. But one in four, I think you might see Van Dijk come out and Gomez comes in there. So we might find between left side of centre half, right side of centre half, and right back. You might find that he actually has a that's, spell of like that, ten games that, in the. In, that's in the, the big team. issue for me is who's your backup right back. Yeah. Well, Calvin Ramsey's just getting himself back fit and available, isn't he? So hopefully that covers that but, issue. But, but, yeah, hopefully it does. But my gut feeling would go Gomez is going to get more at right back over the next two months, yeah. let's say, until Ramsey's integrated, trained with the squad for more than two days since he signed for the football club. Yeah, and. Does that leave you with no option other than to use somebody else at centre half? Yeah, because you have to use Joe Gomez there. Yeah, and I suppose and with the midfield injuries, James Milner, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. But no, really encouraging. You're right. Look, I see no reason not to jump on the Joe Gomez hype wagon up until the point where he gets another injury again, and we put him back in a drawer, and we focus on our shiny thing. That's when when you win when you win nine nil, like this, the centre half who shine, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. The other one who shone it. There's a great old chat about him on the on the final word this week, uh, but I I just what I love Harvey Elliott. Uh, there's the a weird moment that that stands out for me in that game has been one of my favourite moments. And bear in mind, you know we scored nine goals, and I could happily put any of those forward for this. But it's when Fabinho picks the ball up deep in midfield, and he does a bit of the Fabinho uh, to Thiago, sorry, shuffle, turns his man and runs through the middle of the pitch. He cuts back across the, the run of his of his man. He's about to get taken out, and all of a sudden, Harvey Elliott just comes striding across him in front, and he just rolls the ball into his path, and it was like everything that's been missing from our midfield this season, all encapsulated in Harvey Elliott just going, right, who needs me? <coughs> Yeah, Here I come. And, and not just like I'm stood still taking a pass and turn on it, looking for it. He's in motion. He's he's, he's gliding into space. Um, yes, the long may that continue. He's brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant, and and he's the next Liverpool superstar. You know, we're talking about like you know kids growing up who love Trent. He's the next one. Like you know, when I don't know 
10 years time kids are being they'll be Harvey Ellis will be the posters on the wall and stuff I'm, I'm convinced of it like you see flashing the pan kids sometimes you think oh yeah he's got a bit about him like this lad's on a different level he is he's he's not just getting a game because people are injured he's getting a game because he deserves to be playing he's he's fantastic and when Thiago's fit um, Thiago Elliot's plays still next to Thiago for me now he, um, play Hendo or Fab at the 6 probably Fab with Hendo rotating there He's he's made that right position his own. Like the captain of the football club gets shifted. That's the left. Yeah. So he's that playing was a, there. That was a big call because we were talking about it with him. We Chris on, on the afternoon. We were walking around the ground and it was. I mean, in fact, we did it on the build-up show. Is do you just move Harvey because well he's creative. He could fulfil more of the Thiago <coughs> stuff. Henderson knows the right side, inside and out. But at Steve's spot on there, that was a that was a big call. It kind of told you where Harvey sits in the manager's thinking. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for starters, I think you know. I think I put him on the right hand side of the midfield because when he gets out to that right hand side, he's dangerous because he's played there, so he understands the role. Also, you know him linking up with Trent Alexander Arnold, he's, he's shown that he can do that. He knows how him and Salah seem to have a mad little understanding between each other and stuff. Henderson's the more experienced player. I, w- I would always play a more experienced player out of position and let the young lad develop in the position that you want him in long term. So it kind of makes sense to me. I think the big thing that I, I saw for the first time is I've seen him play well. I've not seen him pull the strings like that before. And that's a big step up when you are pretty much the youngest lad in the team, first and foremost, and everyone's giving you the ball and looking for answers. That that that's more important than where you play. It's like these lads have all won Premier League and European Cups and they're playing the ball into your feet, expecting you to get them to the next level and, and get them further forward. And that's a big thing. Obviously, we see now how good he is around the crowd. Like he scores that goal and he's the first it might be the second goal actually. Which was does he score the third? Second. So he scores after the first goal. Sorry, he's Ging everybody up around the ground again. But the biggest thing I think he's got, and, and maybe we don't know this as Liverpool fans, but someone's told me as Liverpool from people from Liverpool, is he's got a massive role to play in fans of Liverpool from around the country. Yeah. Because we've got Trent Alexander Arnold, the young scouser in the sides, but what what he is to them is a boyhood Liverpool fan who's not from Liverpool. So that's why he's on all the shirts. It's because they feel, everyone else feels like he's our poster boy. You've got the lads from Liverpool. You've got yeah. your Kurt Joneses and your Trent Alexander-Arnolds. He's me growing up down south wanting to be a Liverpool player yeah. and, 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 and all that. So he's got a, a huge weight on his shoulders as well. And more importantly than all of that, he's a fucking good egg. Yeah. Did you see him talking after the game? Like obviously his nan yeah, dad and had stuff to turn like that. that off because oh got God, a little like, dusty in the room when I was watching that It was a brilliant one. interview because was it um, McDowell, wasn't it? He gave him time to recover and he, he elongated this question such that Harvey could get himself together. So brilliant interview skills there, but like 19 years old and you're talking like that and like you're on the telly and you're crying and you still manage to hold it all together. Never mind the situation that you've been through. That that should give us enough to to know that he's going to make it as a world-class footballer. Yeah, he's a, super, a world-class person. He's just, and he's a superstar. Like There's no other midfielder in our team who can score that goal. No one's cutting in on the left foot and scoring that. Yeah, there's probably no one in the team other than maybe Mohamed Salah who, who can do that. Mm-hmm. It's it's a worldy. It's the kind of one that you. We've had so many lads flatter to receive, and you're like, oh, they've they've got something here. We hope they really come good, and they hope they do whatever, and they never get a game. When they get a game, you're like, oh, please go on, just go and do something, and that moment never falls for them. Oh, you're always talking about, oh, we got that. Oh, the keeper made the same. Oh, if only it had gone in. He's just come in. He's coming in, scoring goals. 
for Liverpool, and you know, you reference it on the final word, but he, you know, he set himself a ridiculously high goal assist target in the summer. Like we, we all had a bit of a laugh at the idea that he'd get 15, 20 goals, goals and goal and plus. Um, and I still think that's high, <laughs> but it goes to speak to. He thinks he's going to be in the right areas of the pitch, but it, to, to the, that should be on the pitch. That's yeah. what it shows. Yeah. He, he, he plays, mate. I'm telling you now, if I'm picking Liverpool's best eleven for a game tomorrow, Harvey Elliott's playing. That's that's how I, that's how good I think he is, yeah. and how good he think he can be. So if he's in our best eleven now, imagine how good he's going to be in five years. Like the, he could be, he could be anything. The thing that made a difference anything. for that game, and look, we have to caveat this all with it's Bournemouth and Bournemouth. You know, a newly promoted side. Uh, you know, we'll talk about Scott Parker in a bit, but yeah, they, they he made, the manager made the wrong call in terms of the personnel and the and the, and the formation and all that kind of stuff and the and the dress. But in terms of, but how Liverpool trusted he, trusted each other. The thing that was so lacking from that Man United game Carvey Elliott was central to that because he was the reason that game isn't just a, a totally embarrassing mess in the second half is because he gets on the ball and he starts making stuff happen for us we actually look like we're capable of causing some problems but that you need everyone else to step up like that. It was all Milner throwing himself into slides and, and Harvey Elliott being the only one who wanted the ball. Whereas at the weekend, everyone wanted it and everyone was prepared to have it and everyone was prepared to carry the ball and everyone was prepared to pay trustful balls into the feet and into space in front of people in front of them. So when you let, when everyone else, went, like Bobby Firmino, getting the fuck out the way, get up there, Bobby, float around the edge of the box for a bit and let Harvey Elliott take up that, that space and see what see what comes of it. I thought it was all, it was just yeah, so it dictates, encouraging. It dictates the tempo of the game so well and to do that at that age is ridiculous. Like, he knows when to speed it up and slow it down. Tiago's usually the metronome for Liverpool, Liverpool plays. Like, if Tiago wants us to play fast, we play fast and if Tiago wants to slow us down, we slow it down. Well, this week, it, again, I, I can't, again, it's Bournemouth and I understand and Liverpool were 2 up in five minutes so yeah, it's easier to do this but it's it's fascinating. Like rap, balls getting fizzed into him. So Van Dyke's giving him the ball, or Salah's giving him the ball. Yeah, Harvey, you 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 make us tick, and he did. He, it just he, means we get to not. We just get to speed. I mean, it's really forty five. And again, it's forty five minutes because I know we get the injury and mm. stuff. But I think I don't. I'm trying to think the way that like people love Carvalho, but Carvalho is way raw, more raw yeah. than Elliot. Elliot is. The, they're both fantastic players, and they both got a lot of ability. Elliot already is just looking like a bit more polished. You can tell he's been in and around it a bit longer. Yeah, I think he's a superstar. Both of them. And, and let's not forget, side. this is like first fifteen games of playing centre midfield still. Like it's it's not a high amount of games he's actually played. There. Yes, he started the season and we think he's had a full year there because that but we all know he's injured. Like, you know, we're we're, we're nowhere near what his level is. Yeah. Some, but some, it, I still sorry, just before yeah. move on. I don't think he's in Liverpool's best side yet. I think he's a horses for courses, Liverpool's best side at the moment. I think there are times and places where Harvey Elliott doesn't make the side for those specific reasons. If he's young, he's still inexperienced at the top level. Like if you're playing a Champions League semi-final against Atletico Madrid, I don't know whether I'm playing Harvey Elliott tomorrow the, because of that. The I thing would. about him is again, which is fine. It's always it's fine. Someone said to me on, a, on a, one of the videos I did on my channel last week about the mid midfield options or whatever we had, and so I said, oh Elliott. It's not good enough. You'd have seen it by now. It's like it's like his fifth game for the club or something. And we have seen it. But yeah, but but and but that links into this point is that if Harvey Elliott's not starting a game for Liverpool, I think we're edging towards a world where it's only because he's 19 and he can't play 60 games a season. 
we'll, we'll find he'll go down the Trent Alexander-Arnold route where more and more you're going to be like, well, what game do you not want a lad who can take it. the ball that, in that, small and spaces where it comes and drive from things forward? Is that we've seen Jürgen do this with Joe Gomez and Trent Alexander-Arnold, and then all of a sudden he just doesn't change Trent Alexander-Arnold anymore. Yeah. I think we've got a season of Harvey Elliott getting more than 50% of the games in the middle of the park. Yeah. But the, and then there's a point at so, some somewhere down the line when he's just not taking Harvey out, and yeah. that's fine. Yeah, that's it. Because that's how you that's how you nurture young talent. Oh god, yeah, yeah. I mean, and to be to the thing is, there's enough signs there that the games that he might not play are not the, are the ones you you wouldn't expect. You know, it won't be he will play City and he will play Chelsea. He's played Chelsea already. You know what I mean? He, he, he played, it might be it might be Atletic, it might be Champions League semi finals. It, it might not be, be the, the midweek. Yeah, exactly. All of a sudden the, you know, those cup games that he's meant that he should be in because he's the young lad. He's no he's all of a sudden he's nowhere near those football matches. Because you can clearly see something there, doesn't he? They clearly have a lot a lot of trust in. But we're trying to we're judging him on only what we've seen. And there's, there's just enough little bits in there that you could maybe you could have a, an educated guess that he'll be playing in some of the big games for us. But until he does it, we, we, we won't know. But yeah, he's great. I I, I love him. And, and, and as mentioned, Carvalho, very encouraging, very encouraging for him. Again, he gets the goal. He's threatened it a couple of times already off the bench. Uh, the fact that he gets it, that'll take the weight off. One goal I really want to focus on um, is Trent Alexander-Arnold's. <coughs> Chris, um, sorry, is. I said this during the Community Shield. I think this is going to be Trent's coming of age season for us. He's 24. He's en- he's entering into that prime year. I'm, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm, I'm pretty sure Gerard's around that age for Istanbul. Maybe slightly, maybe even slightly older. But when when Gerard gets to 24, was Gerard born in 81? I 80, I think. 80. Yeah. 25. So there yeah. yeah, you know, he was just before his twenty fifth birthday. Yeah. yeah, so we, you know, it's that point of when he hits 25, 24, 25, 26, 27, Gerard is him becoming the best player on the planet, basically. And what Trent is missing from his game, and it's not everyone going, oh, he can't defend. I had it with Baz before. I got on this upcoming Lab Bauer video. It's like people who don't watch Trent Alexander Arnold seem to myopically focus on his defensive abilities. I've got a sneaky feeling he's going to score a shit ton of goals for us this season. And it'll be un- it'll just be undisputed because that's that's where you go. I think I don't think his game is going to be improved by him being more, doing more tackles because he does loads of that already. He's not going to be fa- he's, he's actually gone a bit faster, but he's not going to get he's never going to be lightning quick. But if he can all of a sudden Chris score five, six, seven more or more goals from right back as well as getting double figures assists. Yeah. It's mad because he's basically playing midfielder at the moment, isn't he? For us, he, we're asking him to do, do two jobs, and he's able to do it. Like, I mean, he, he was unbelievable that goal, and it just it just opens up, and it the celebration was what got me. Cause he's sort of like, yeah. of course I'm going to do that if they don't come near me. Yeah. I'm Trent Alexander Arnold. I'm like, you're damn right, you are, mate. <laughs> you're fucking damn right. It's still going now. It was a hell of a, it was a hell of a shot, wasn't it? But he should do. He should get more goals, to be honest with you, because he gets into those situations often enough now. That and he's the set piece taker. Yeah, his goal record's not that good for someone who takes all the set pieces. Like I'm sure, it was f- his best is four in nineteen twenty, and then it was two and two. Are we counting the Community Shield this season? Let's, let's give him it. So we scored two already this season. We equaled last season's entire tally in just a couple of games. So it, 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 I'm with you. It is there for him um, he, it's, uh, 
I'm being hypercritical, but I agree. If you're going to take all the set pieces and you're going to be in and around that area, you probably should be scoring more goals. So I, I, I'm with you. I think he... I'm, I've said this on the final way, I don't want to repeat too much. I'm generally anti-shooting from 35 yards. I don't think many players should be doing it, but like if anyone can, it's this fella. We saw him do, you know, we were speaking about Newcastle, he did it last season to them. He's got the ability, if you give him time and space and he's going to be central, having someone who can do that is... It's just a bonus in terms of like, if you're trying to break teams down, because eventually you either let Trent shoot and, he, and he'll fight, you're scared of him, because that'll live in the memory. Fucking hell, you give him space, did you see what he did to Bournemouth? He might only do it three times a well, season. Well, he'll just slip Saladin, or he'll yeah. knock it sideways to Harvey Elliott, exactly. or he'll not nip it to Roberto Firmino, he'll yeah. turn it around the corner, and then he'll get the follow, he'll get the, the one-two, and he'll be in him. But the difference yeah. between Bobby Firmino before we get Virgil's goal on half-time, keeper obviously saves Bobby Firmino's one, it's the same type of thing, the defenders are, are, are running with Salah and with Luis Diaz, and Bobby Firmino strikes it. The difference between between your centre forward striking the ball and your right back striking the ball, yes, Bobby gets it on target, but it's not a clean hit. You look at that—that that to what our right back was able to do with the footy in the same situation. It's ridiculous. It's he a should be goal, isn't it? yeah. And like, look, I don't think I don't know what the record for free kick goals from a set piece is in the Premier League. I'd be shocked if it's over ten. Like, you know mm. what I mean? It's probably probably around five, maybe yeah. something like that. You know, it's not a lot, but you need a couple to get stuck away every now and again. Like the best thing about Liverpool, I thought at the weekend was how good we were from set pieces. Yeah, like we absolutely more than was it like three or four goals we scored from a set piece. Like that's ridiculous. Like if we're gonna get, you know, we we know how good we've been from set pieces. Whether it's Trent, whether it's Robbo, whether it's Chimacas, it all seemed to work at the weekend. Yeah. That's just as important for me. He's just it's just glorious because it, it was it was one of those needs a big performance performances. And I think he'll have done his, head in, his own head in with things. And we, we speculated a little bit about, I don't know what they've been doing at the AXA. I don't, we don't know how they've been training. And, you know, everyone's focusing on him not tracking back for the first United goal the other week. And it's, look, it's criminal. It's absolutely criminal for, for anyone in Liverpool's team, let alone, you know, it's not even about him being the right back. It's there. The danger's there. Run until the ball's in the back of the net or it's cleared away. That's just a basic rule of how Liverpool play football. You go and play to the whistle. It's like kids are getting taught this on Sunday league pitches across the country. Um, <coughs> but I don't, you know, I don't know that these lads haven't been doing continuing their pre-season fitness regimes into this season to make sure that they're ready for for this week moving moving forward. And maybe he has just been a little bit held back, you know, in terms of his what, his physicality or what he's been able to do. But I thought it was great. My favourite thing, just to, just before we move on, is. I like the fact that Trent wants to be this cool character. Like, he wants everyone to go, look, look how boss I am, look how effortless is. But Andy Robertson has got his number, and he literally can't keep a straight face around. It's like it's like Andy Robbo knows what his tickle spot is, and he's trying to be this cool, calm guy, and just, here comes here comes Andy Robbo. He walks over to him, and he's like, yeah, he's got, got his moody, cool face on, and Robbo just whispers something, something in his ear, and he creases. It's that, the Leicester goal celebration when he does the embarrassment, Thing and he's trying to look dead sounds and then they all jump on him and he bursts out. He bursts out laughing. I, I just stupid moments, but I I I him. Absolutely love that. Love that about. I him. tried to find the records now. Three years ago, it was five in a season from David Beckham in <coughs> 2000, 2001 for direct. He's got the most all time with eighteen. Ronaldo did four twice in a season, and Madison scored a few, hasn't he? I don't know how many. Ward Prowse just fourteen, and, and, it's, and you think he's like the, he's probably the best of them all, and he's got yeah, it isn't that many considering you probably need two. You're probably like, you're looking at two what, or three a season. Three three is really season. good. Yeah, you can, like, if you can get it, so that's what. Yeah, I'm with you. That goal going back to Trent, he's the closest thing we've had to Gerrard for a while, and he plays right back. It's crazy, but like. 
that it reminds me of a Steven Gerrard goal. You're talking prime age, Steven Gerrard now. It's like that. He would score that goal early from like 2002, 2003, 4, 5, around there. That was the type of goal that he would score. He it's, wants it's to just, grab the game and we're, and we're putting him into areas of the pitch where he can grab the game now, not just be that uh, sigh, volume merchant from the right mm. who just chucks balls into the box, which he never was. It's fucking horseshit. Like, I mean, when you're that good at something, you just. Mate, the ball for the own goal is. It's unplayable, really. There's not that lad. All he can do is score and argue or let Lewis Diaz score. Like there was, it was just one of those. It's, yeah. just it's like it's do. like being but a movie the way, on the, a, a the volume merchants. Everyone's a volume merchant in everything. Otherwise, yeah. you'd have one shot and score one goal yeah. in a game. Yeah. Like you all know, the best strikers. Alan Shearer is a volume merchant. Like of course. Look at him shooting. Fucking shooting for? I mean, what a what a stupid shout <laughs> it is. Anyway, yeah. like you know what I mean? Ridiculous. Just but, without naming the names. Well, we will. Cause he just bodies the house and again. Uh, Chris just bodies the house and again. Um, um, not for the first time, won't be for the last time. What's it, mate? I know. Um, I'm allowed to talk to him, you know what I mean? We've had a super chat coming um, <clears throat> from Etcham or Hassan. Oh, do you just want to point this out? It says, three cheers for Ross for his service to, to Redmen. Yeah, Ross Chanley, it's his last day on Wednesday uh, yeah, with the Redmen he, team. He did the watch song at the weekend. He's got a show on Redmen Plus on Wednesday, Ross's final ever show. The Club Legends did the Ross Leaving show last Friday as well. So he is melting it a little bit, isn't he? Um, <laughs> yeah, just leave We've got us leaving do tonight as well. Yeah, there's, there's plenty going on for them. Yeah, but yeah. Free cheese is a bit much. Just do hip hip hooray, hip hip hooray, hip hip hooray in the comments if you like, and that'll be absolutely great. That'll be even the fit and send up, fit and send up. But what a guy. Sweet to me, he runs a social account as well. He's yeah. still reading it for the next 24 hours. He's all over it, so yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, just lastly, on the Bournemouth thing, Scott Parker, sacked or, you know, mutual term. No, he got sacked because I have never heard a press conference of a man who wants to be sacked more in his life. He's basically saying, we are shit. You are not giving me no more money. I am not resigning because I will get loads of money for when you sack me. He was basically saying, what do you expect? I've got a team of championship players and you're not giving me no money to spend... Yeah, and he's basically put the ball in their court. He made the the press conference made this position untenable. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he, he should have been sacked the second he started away. Well, he could. Thing is, though, he could come back out and go, oh, "I'm really sorry. I it was the heat of the moment. I was just no, he's right, is he? No, 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 exactly. But what I mean is, he. You're right. This why it's it's calculated on his part. I'm not having Bournemouth have made a shocking decision. Blah blah blah. Scott Parker wanted to get sacked as Bournemouth manager. He's late. He's protected his own value by basically going well. I'm gonna get. Re- I'm definitely getting relegated with these, and my star is gonna fall as a result. And it's gonna be in his head because he's not been back to stay up in the Premier League. So he walks away, gets to maintain the 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 allure of a guy who can get teams out of the Championship by playing decent footy. Maybe there's a club in the Championship who's got already got him, got him on the, got him on the WhatsApp or whatever, to, you know, kind of, and saying do that, but we'll also give you. So to spend while you do I don't think that the decent footy things is the one because if you listen to Bournemouth and Fulham they don't think he does play decent footy you know Parker Ball is this thing that he's talking about and it's, it's a bit boring but it gets results of the championship well that, I mean to be fair from the Oppo preview what, they, what the, the general gist was last season they, were, they, were, they, they, they did alright they got out of the championship playing a, a decent brand of football they were playing 4-3-3 to get out the league he's reverted to five at the back to try and Stay up. And he's had up. some tough games this season. Oh, to be fair, yeah. like it's ridiculous. And also, we, you know, we think about um, when David Moyes left Everton and um, Martinez comes in. 
the, the club was ingrained in good football with Bournemouth. You know, Eddie Howe was there for a long time and he, he taught them all how to play. So he's also got that off the back of it as well. So, look, I think it's ridiculous what he's done, to be perfectly honest with you, because, yeah, there's always someone who's desperate out there for a manager who can get you promoted and stuff. But, like, proving that you, you'll go out and speak about your owners is probably not a good look to the next owner yeah, who, who, wants, owners, no. who wants to hire a manager. Yeah, like that's, fun, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, so what are you doing, like? Yeah, well, it's true. It's true, isn't it? And maybe that's just that thing of though, you know, he, he he's gone. Well, look, I'm gonna get beat every week. I've tried playing five at the back, and we got battered by the good by the good teams. I've then gone. Well, fuck it, I'm just gonna try and try and play a bit of football. Got even more battered, and he's just obviously thought, I just don't want to do this. I just don't want to manage a team that gets beat every single week. You know, again, maybe maybe the championship is level. Maybe there's another opportunity where he can reboot and try it again with someone else who's going to be a bit more. I mean, like, you know, I'm sure he's looking at what Forrest are doing and thinking, God, if they give me half the players the Forrest have bought in, I'd be able to make a bit more out of this. But I'm falling to be fair, Forrest went, hey, yeah. that's a, whoever takes that job, that's a big job. Well, that's relegation. I, it's it? almost, it, you're almost accepting that he's getting, getting someone who's going to bring them back up again, hopefully, aren't you? You know, that's... Yeah, it's a bit it, sad it, to say four games into the season for Oh, because yeah, uh, their statement said someone who was it like something about the sustainability of the club, which is basically not spending on money. So there's the players, make time, do what you can with them. It's a bit like the way Norwich go at it. We almost accept it's going to take us on heroics to keep us up. We're not, we're not doing uh, the forest, we're not doing the forest or yeah, whatever. Because they, they've been through it enough times to know that they're going to go back down and they can't mortgage the future of their football club on a season in the Premier League some owners can afford to do that the problem he might have is that he, you know he's just done let's, let's say he does the rest of this season but it's playing like a really negative brand of football to just claw his way into the league and then you get a reputation as being another Allardyce or another one of those British managers and then he's forever Pigeonholed into that where he's never going to get well, a football club. You know, you're getting club. jobs if you're getting in that. Yeah, but you're getting, yeah, well, exactly. But he, but he, he's, he's, under, he's taking the uh, Alan Pardew role on the merry-go-round. Yeah, yeah, but he's never going to get a job that he wants again. He's going to end up stuck playing footy he doesn't want to play, doing at clubs that have got no ambition other than to survive. Than to survive. I don't think um, Thomas Frank did anyone any favours by keeping Brentford. No, because <laughs> no, no. without spending, with the only newly promoted teams, but Leicester were to title challenging teams basically. Yeah, yeah, Fucked it for everyone. That's basically yeah, isn't it. Yeah, right. Okay, we're going to talk. Uh, about the transfer window uh, a little bit on Newcastle as well we're going to take another quick break we've got an incredible competition for people who join up as club legends over on redmenplus.com last chance saloon to win this prize Hey guys, it's nearly the end of August, which means we will soon be doing our Club Legend prize draw. This month's prize is this amazing framed, signed, shared by none other than Liverpool's European Cup winning captain, Mr. Phil Thompson. If you want to be involved in this prize draw, all you got to do is be a Club Legend subscriber on Red Men Plus. If you've never been over to Red Men Plus before, do check it out. Sign up for Club Legends. You'll get access to our Discord chat. You get free merch, you get discounted merch, and of course, entry into this competition. If you're a Club captain over on Redmen Plus do upgrade to Club Legends and you too will be in the prize draw time is running out so go and do it go and do it now yes welcome back yeah if you want to get involved with that incredible Phil Thompson signed European Cup winners shirt then join up or go to redmenplus.com uh, if you're a club captain there subscribe already upgrade to Club Legend if you want to just join us a Club Legend you can do you get a free uh, piece of merchandise you're going to get discounts of merchandise you're going to get access to our Discord group as well so we've seen 
incredible example of this, by the way. Um, that it's all right. You don't need to run and fast. Um, just be quiet. <laughs> the, um, they've been in the toilet. It's fine. Um, hopefully, we. Oh yeah, we did, at least you didn't have Mike with you this time. Um, the um, yes. Twitter and comment section is full of knobheads when Liverpool aren't perfect uh, but if you come over and join our Discord group it's full of really really sound individuals so you can have a good old chat about the Reds and everything around it uh, with a, a bunch of like minded cool individuals as well so yeah and you're going to be entered into that draw last couple of days I think we're drawing that out on Thursday uh, the winner of the Phil Thompson shirt will be picked uh, at which point we'll be revealing next month's incredible prize as well right gentlemen seamless it's like you never left just two 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 baby elephants charging into the room <laughs> and booking, yeah, trump, trumpeting down the uh, the microphones. Welcome back. It's like you never left. I, I had to go fill my water up. This the, the I am post COVID throat. Yeah, is, a, is very much is a that thing. thing? Uh, it is for me. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm a horse whore. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, Okay, I don't really know how to follow that, to be perfectly honest. So let's talk about the transfer window. It's Tuesday afternoon. The transfer window shuts, uh, I think it's like 11 o'clock on slams Thursday. shut. Sorry, I apologise. The window slams shut on Thursday, <laughs> Thursday night. Jürgen's kind of... Ish. Ish, maybe. literally the word ish, has put uh, the brakes on a touch from the optimism from the embargoed section at the weekend of the press conference. He doesn't say we're not signing anyone, but he does once again reiterate that it's difficult to get players of of quality. It's it speaks to me that they've maybe got one or two irons in the fire, but they're not straightforward, and we might end up in another maybe Fabio Carvalho style deadline day situation where they're trying to get something late wrapped up. It might be dependent upon other factors. Yeah, I don't think we're signing anyone anymore. Yeah, as well. Me, the me, optimism's me, gone, yeah, big I'm, time. I'm like. with you. Um, it feels to me like there was someone they wanted, which is why he was. Yeah, but he, he, was, well, he said at the weekend, and he we weren't in for the midfield, and, and everyone told me we should be, and now we are. So I was wrong. So he basically said we. He hinted that we're probably going to sign a midfielder, and then his today was like, well, ish, and if we don't get one, it's absolutely fine. I'm, I'm happy with what we've got. Well, that's a lie because you don't. You're not. There's a reason you're trying to sign someone. It's it's it can't be both, but it he, can. Well, it can because to the point. What he said all along is he doesn't want just some bum playing in his midfield. You know he doesn't want he doesn't want an, a, a shitty no man. Yeah, yeah. But then he's ob- there was obviously players who he wanted or, or the, the, someone somewhere wanted. So, it, he, but he can't come out and say we're fucked if we don't get him a midfielder because yeah. how can you say that to your squad? So I get what he's doing. It'll be hugely disappointing to be honest. I think it'll be it'll be a, a, a crying shame. Listen, it's not going to be the, the, the end of the world or the, the catastrophe. And I, I got his point of. Whatever happens, just get to Friday, and at least people might just fucking show up. And the worst, the worst you're gonna get is that I told you so. People every time we don't win a game, which again that's gonna happen anyway. But it happens, it happens all the time. Yeah, he basically said that we you know we've got a very active fan base. There's people who still media. think Zelko Buvac leaving and not being replaced by Zelko Buvac was the uh, was a was a. There's all kinds, I, but I, they should be signing a fielder and. Something's happened, and I don't know. Again, we would be purely speculating between Jürgen saying what he said at the weekend to today. It might just be that he thought he had something and it didn't quite turn out right, or so. Who knows? But I'm, I don't think they will. But I think they're going to carry on trying. If that makes sense, I think now Na- I think Naby Keita is central to this because I, th- I we're looking at what we've got, and I think you know on that right hand side. I, you know, you still Harvey Elliott. We've talked about him. He's going to play a lot of football. Jordan Henderson can still do it. He's more than capable of doing a job down that side. But we're talking about like what Thiago brings to the team in terms of being good on the ball and that that kind of stuff and beyond. And Naby very much being the understudy to that. 
and then Kirk being maybe the understudy to that is that if not, and because Naby can do both sides of the midfield in, in addition to it, if he's being a bit of a twat behind closed doors, which we don't know, and that's pure speculation, that they might just be, he might just go, well, he's injured and he's being a bell end, so. He wants to move. He's not going to sign a new contract, and they were obviously hopeful of that. You know, in, in weeks gone by, that I, I just, I, I just wonder whether that's been the the inciting factor on it. And but then goes back to our point from last week is that Naby Keita is really, really, really good at football when he plays and he's available. So finding someone of that caliber is not as easier as easy a thing as is often made out yeah. I know we can all look at the names and God knows I have done I've done countless chapter and verse on this over the last couple of weeks we'd all I'm sure we'd all happily take a punt on one from Frankie de Jong Yuri Tielemans James Madison Ruben Neves uh, Comrade Lamer add another probably handful of players it's more the think. case I suppose if there's, there's players who have moved in the last few weeks who you think might have been like we who knows? They might not have wanted Nunes. They might, you know, the lad who's gone to West Ham is a Paquetta. Paquetta. Paquetta's maybe. But again, it's 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 all it's put to maybe. We don't know this. Liverpool do have the no dickheads rule. Um, and that maybe there's some people I put on Twitter, like maybe there's some people who have fallen foul of that. But, but for me, Kaita's going to leave next summer, I'm convinced now. I think it'll be sorted if he wasn't. Ox, we know he's going to go, Milner's going to go. So even if it is a case of, like what he did with Diaz, you've got one too many because next season you're going to, rather than having to get three next year, if you've already got one, you only have to go and get one or two. I'd but. be surprised if we. I, I don't think we. I don't think. I think we'll buy a midfielder before next summer. If we don't get something done in the next couple of days, it wouldn't shock me at all if something dropped in January and it was more just something from now. You know, like not like they're going to go from fresh again in January, like a la Ozan Kabach kind of situation. But it wouldn't say they went. This is just not enough time to get the mechanics of a deal. A comp, you know, a, for a good footballer done in that time, maybe, maybe. The other thing that, that they they consider, and we d- don't want them to, of course, is there's still got to be value for money. Like it, it, it's still got to make sense financially for them to be able to do it. And when everyone knows your backs to the wall and there's two days left of the transfer, and it's not something that Liverpool fans want to hear that you know we're being held to ransom and stuff. But like you can't get the great deals that we've been known for over the last few years with two days to go. Mm-hmm. Also, you know. I, they probably should have changed the transfer window in January, but and and put it back some because of the World Cup and like you know having the same amount of games roughly speaking in the season and stuff. Like that. I don't know whether that's even true to be honest with you, but it actually like on the surface of things, we probably less Premier League games into the season, aren't we? By the time January rolls around, mm-hmm. so we're nowhere near as you know it's nowhere near as long a gap that we've got to wait in time. It's exactly the same, but we're missing six weeks of footy. Yeah. Yeah. I think also I wonder if the fact that Jones has just come back and Thiago is close because it may be the prognosis on some of the injuries wasn't as bad so the, the less desperate I don't know I think that again that might be a mistake because you're still relying on players who well, it's, the same, it's the same people isn't it and there's no well, the, guarantee the, the, they don't the, get the, into the, the names that you've just mentioned there are any of them the same no, they're all different type of players, aren't right, they? So there's yeah. the fucking problem for me when I hear that list of names. I'm like, Madison, really? Okay. And <laughs> Neves, completely different. We don't know what type spectrum. of Yeah, I was going to say, we it's don't know what type really of That's a really bizarre, like, yes, in isolation, if you said to me, would you take him? Yes. Would you take him? Yes. Would you take him? Yes. Why are all these names the fucking same? Well, because... Like, that, that's that's, not, war- yeah, that's think... a warning to me. I'm like, oh, we don't know what we want, well, yeah, or are you just filling these names in? Well, I think none that, of it makes sense. There's that, because this list has been formed of players largely that people have suspected or, or are likely to move or, or would be available for a transfer. But also, we need three midfielders potentially next summer. 
And if you're talking about replacing James Milner, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain and Naby Keita, well, you're buying this three completely different midfielders anyway. So you, you could probably pick up any type of midfielder at this point. And as long as they're embedded, there'll be a value to it, just to, as a, just to speculate around that point. Um, but the, the unifying factor, what I discovered just doing a little bit of digging into most of these, is that they're all 25. They're literally, to a man, 25 years old. And the better ones amongst them have got really good injury records. You know, there's a, I've got a couple of seasons, with the exception of Lehman, who missed the 21, 2021 season with a broken ankle. Yeah, he missed a couple of games last season in, in, in individual ones, but most of them have got... I even got to Nicola Barella as well, we didn't mention before, hasn't, hasn't missed a game in three seasons or whatever leading up to it they're kind of unifying factors but you're right in terms of stylistically it's odd that there's no but then again it's like you can't replace Thiago Alcantara <laughs> so you might have to do some outside the box thinking oh, so we don't, that's stuff. a list of who you can get I mean, you might not want any of them yeah. that's the thing that's a list of names who might be available that's a, that's a but I think we, with this, there's a bit of smoke around Lamer and there's a bit of smoke around Frankie de Jong and there's been a and, and we've seen us link with Tielemans in the in the past yeah I'm not having some of them I, 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 I think, never for that much. I think it was the it was Lamer how do you pronounce his name Lamer Lamer I, I think he was the most likely and maybe they've been knocked back on that one maybe they thought that that's the, the general noise we're getting but yeah, they're not going to panic by. It's just what they, they just won't do it. And sometimes I really think they should. And then it's like it's like devil on the shoulder, angel on the shoulder. Like don't panic by, don't panic by, don't panic by. And it's like yeah, but otherwise you're going to be shit. And what I don't agree with is people go yeah, but they waited for they waited for Van Dyke and they waited for Karate, but they knew they were going to get them. They were deals that they knew were done. It was just a matter of t- like I don't think I might be wrong. Maybe Henry Winter's tweet the other day was like I can't wait to see Bellingham next year for Liverpool. Maybe that was just a slip of the tongue, or maybe he didn't know he was like. If they know for a fact that they've got Jude Bellingham boxed off, then they're not going to panic by. But if they don't know that, and we again we don't know what's going on behind the scenes, then it might be worth just being a little bit more proactive. But like I say, yeah, you've got your PS Five on pre-order, so you can't empty your bank account today because when you when it, when that comes, when they come to ask for the money, the money's got to be in your bank account yeah, when they yeah, come. Yeah. Otherwise, you won't have your PS Five. Exactly. No, it's frustrating though, isn't it? I mean, there's there's some there's, there's some reasonably priced options out there. And obviously, our good footballers as well that we would feel would improve the quality of the sides. I, I still think the I still think they might do. They might well, he, do did, he did say yeah. His exact words were when he, you know, he was asked about bring me field and he says ish, and then he said somehow yeah. But the closer we get to the last minute, the more unlikely it gets. They're still looking. He's not just said no, no, we're not doing this. What he's saying is, they're I not, want sorry, one. Yeah. just to be clear, they're not they're not looking. They're either in talks with someone or they're not in talks. But well, what they're saying is, it's not guaranteed. He's not going to go. Like I remember the press conference he did before Thiago when he knew he was getting Thiago and he, la- and he wasn't allowed to say nothing and he was basically laughing going I can't talk about this and then he'd done the embargo section straight away and he was like I am so sorry but yeah it was Aaron Thiago I just couldn't tell you it's not that he's basically saying well, yeah but something's happened we're trying to get something have we done had the embargo- we haven't had the embargo bit yet though have we just, well, I don't know, even if there is, but I don't know. There normally, it's on, yeah. on a Premier League one, be. isn't it? So it could be like, it could be like, I don't know if they do it midweek, is, is your point again? Because there's a game. It might come out tonight. It's, it's a bit weird that it's Tuesday and we're not hearing anything, unless there is going to be, and Liverpool have got prize for this, it's just bang. Well, Lewis Diaz wasn't happening until it was happening. Yeah. Um, I, it, they are after, they're doing something. We just. I think what he's trying to do is, he's trying to, he's a little bit like, 
he, breaking us in gently. He's, we, we're trying, but there's no guarantees that this is going to happen. Maybe he just wants to buy him from the fans over the weekend. Maybe he just wants us all to be happy. And he just wants everyone to stop thinking about worrying about buying a midfield. As we said, we're going to buy a midfield. Everyone got behind the team. We absolutely smashed Bournemouth. Confidence is restored. And the team had a little bit of pressure. And now it's like, oh, no, we just, oh, just couldn't quite get one over the line. Oh, welcome back, Curtis. And there's, yeah. all the things I've been saying all along, everyone's back in training. What I would say, though, is that... Um, we saw in January they're willing to go deadline. They like, Lewis Diaz happened late. Frank, um, Fabio Carvalho was literally happening until the clock run out. So the the the, the days where you think, oh, Liverpool get everything done early, well, they kind of proved that wrong last last yeah. winter. So there's a chance that we are ten o'clock on Thursday and they're scrambling round trying to get X if player I was in for a medical Ward, or and I was leaving it this close because they're not going to be not going to play for Newcastle and it's going to be too early for the derby regardless, even if you sign them today, probably. Borderline. Leave it till deadline day. Just drum it up. Yeah, just fuck it. Fun <laughs> in it. You know what I mean? Just for the. Just so for what the, are you saying here? Like the deal's done. We're just gonna sign it right at the last minute and no, make everyone. It's look probably like not done yet. It. But I was just, he was just like, well, there's no rush. I've, I've got like two. I've got two days to box this, and if it happens to bleed out, because we did this with Oxide Chamberlain, we got it agreed like ten o'clock the night before deadline day. What are you doing? I was like, what are you doing? You morons! Just keep it till the morning when all the eyes are on, and all of a sudden you fill the airwaves. Liverpool have gone and done this, and they've identified a problem they've solved it gives everyone a big boost Julian Ward is what you're telling me is he's got shares in that flight scanner website and he wants people on there checking the flights of of where they're leaving and what's landing at Liverpool and stuff he's got adverts all over his website mate he's (laughs) waiting for it that's what it's come down to it reminds me like I have to pick pick the kids up a quarter three and it's two o'clock and I've got nothing to do and the sensible thing to do would just be to leave now and be early but I will leave at 20 past two and then I'll get stuck in traffic and be late and I was sitting there going what did I do for those there was no no reason for me not to go yeah. I just chose not to yeah. maybe Julian's like that he's just you know what I'm easy it's chill if I get it I get there if I'm five minutes late we'll sort him in January the point on all this though, you had a is, wank didn't you the point on all of this though <laughs> answers, answers that question podcast on podcast extra <laughs> following this podcast um, yeah I mean look <clears throat> it's com- to speak to the, the complication of doing deals anyone who's good enough to play for Liverpool is probably one of the best players in another football team right now, and you, and this is what we've got. I mean, we saw it even with like the Kabak deal, we couldn't get the Kabak deal done any earlier because they needed to get shocked on Mustafi from Arsenal, and Arsenal were desperate to get him off the books. There was there, it was like it's like buying in a chain, isn't it? It's not you know it's not necessarily like X has to move so X Y and Z, but we need to find a first time buyer, Paul. Yeah. Or a first-time seller, or yeah. whatever the equivalent of that would be. Free transfers and children is what you yeah. is what we do. But and we need to cancel through them for the season. Yeah, Ross Barkley, welcome to Liverpool. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! Imagine, imagine. I'm not even going to say anything because that we might end up. Um, okay, cool. Um, Newcastle Wednesday. They've got loads of they're good players out injured. That's sound. Um, I'd rather. I, I'm, so I'm, we. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I'm glad. I'm glad we're playing this at Anfield. I think a couple of games just to get the spirit back, get the feeling back before you go to the derby. I want to go into. I want to go to Goodison Park feeling like anything. Like we can win any game of football, as opposed to when we went to Old Trafford, where I had no idea where we could, we were going to buy a win from. Yeah, I mean, uh, where, where's Saint Maximan up to? He's still fine, isn't he? He's probably not going to play. He's not going to play. Well, then we should be fine because he's the best player by a fucking country. Is it? It's Saint Maximan, Gimarish, and. Uh, Callum Wilson. Callum Wilson. 
He's just the one that turns that team from average to above average, just all on his own. He's just an absolute nightmare to play against. Like he'd be looking at Trent Alexander Arnold, thinking I can get something out of this game, and he'd be looking at Joe Gomez, and he probably is full of confidence that he'd be thinking he could do it with Virgil Van Dijk if he was over there. He t- he's he just that good. Walker, like he gave Carl Walker a ton of time, didn't he? And, and he's got full of pace. So yeah, he, he, again, we've done the build up here. I don't want to repeat too much. But it looks like they might not be out, but sorry, they might not be playing. Uh, look, it's more obviously looking ahead to the derby. What, what we 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 went through the fix list, didn't we? And Liverpool, we said the fix list is favourable. It still is. Like it's still favourable fix list. We just because we haven't banked. We know Bournemouth, Newcastle, Everton, our three games. Liverpool should win. It's we're, st- we're just in the middle of that now. Yeah. It, that the, the the fact that we didn't beat Fulham and, and Palace didn't change the fact that the fix list has been kind to us. Yeah. And now that hopefully we're in form, Liverpool should be able to get themselves on a roll. We just need to win some fucking games of football and ignore all the noise around it because it was tough. Because I mean, even Chloe, we were having a, a, in the WhatsApp group during the game at the weekend. We mentioned like oh flashbacks to the last game of the season here in the City results and the lad next to me Sam said oh they've won 4-2 and I was like I don't give a shit we've just won 9-0 I give a fuck what Man City are doing there was a little part of me when I was mentally, mentally working out how Liverpool had the worst start of the season ever and we were we were two points behind Man City at one point and it was but it's you can't it's the path to madness Liverpool just need to beat Newcastle they need to beat Everton and we need to get our heads up and look around hey you know what go and beat, beat Napoli get your season get your beat Champions Wolves, League you know, yeah. time, time get all that up and running and then give give it a little while Arsenal will lose a game of football eventually City will lose games of football it showed to me not that it's going to be all of a sudden swing straight back into our favour but City are vulnerable and that's good you know you could argue they've won the game 4-2 so you go well they're not vulnerable but but they are it was 2-0 and it could have been 3 for a different two teams different now day. have gone and, get, and gone and give them a, a hell of a game it's, and more teams will copy that because they'll think why not What's the point? We're gonna we'll lose regardless, so we might as well go and try and take a few swings at them. So yeah, we'll see on all that. Oh, so it's a night game at Anfield. Yeah. You're always up for a night game. At and Anfield. we've had the first game of the season now, where we've had the early afternoon with the sunshine, so we can have a night game now because we've had the proper the proper season opener, which we should have just if you just play. This would be all fine if we just played at Anfield instead of a Monday night for the first mm-hmm. game. This all would have been fine, I think. But anyway, right. Um, I was going to talk about the build to the World Cup, but we'll do that. We'll maybe do that next week when we're in the thick of it. But yeah, two games a week now until the World Cup break. Um, a game, uh, including the international break, a game every 3.8 days. Um, so strap yourselves in. It's mental, isn't well, it? to the point, you know, we're here throughout all of that. So if you if you if you want to join Redmond Plus, you're never going to get better value for money in terms of how much content you're getting than between here and the World Cup. It's absurd, uh, really. Yeah, genuinely ridiculous. So there's tons of stuff over there. Yeah, we've got to have the podcast extra. So if you want more of us three idiots, uh, but completely and utterly uncensored, <laughs> chatting loads of random shite. Um, have you ever liked the, uh, the the MXP podcast? You know, it's the one Chris and the extra is basically MXP extra. Uh, so if you want that it lives on in Podcast Extra so yeah come up we're going to do that live if you're here live now head over to Redman Plus in about 10-15 minutes we will be live over on Redman Plus so you can come and do it if you're after the fact you can get it in video or in podcast form uh, as well as a whole host of other excellent content and if you're a club legend you're entered into the Last Chance Saloon draw for the Phil Thompson signed European Cup 77 shirt as well oh god I need to stop right breathe Podcast over. Thank you so much. You guys are incredible. You guys are incredible. And if you've watched on Twitter, I hope you enjoyed it. See you back here for more podcasting goodness next week. Thanks for listening. If you want even more Bosch content and podcasts just like this, go over to redmenplus.com and sign up now. 
Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.